couch. It's Katie, Katie on the couch. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Katie on the Couch. My name's Katie and I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce to you today's speaker, our guest today on the couch. Her name is Emma, she's 43, she's a proud mama of a beautiful fur baby. What's, what's your, your dog's name again, Emma? Barney. Barney. Yeah. Barney. She's passionate about business and the body love. Absolutely passionate about it. She came from a, a place where where she had poor health and I'm sure she'll explain a few different bits, bits and pieces, but you know, probably struggled with the, with the body love for a long time and the health and has finally come to a place where she's able to love her body and more importantly has been able to teach other people how to do the same thing. So please, everybody, warm welcome to, to Emma Paulette. Is that how I say Santa? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> welcome, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. I'd, I'd love to know, just to start off, maybe just introduce yourself and obviously what I've said here. What's, what's your story? What brings you here to have this conversation with us and, and the listeners today? As you said, I am very passionate about women letting go of that feeling of being dissatisfied with their bodies because from living my life and working with the people that I work with, it's such a waste of our time and energy. We've all got such amazing talents and passions and things we want to put out into the world. And so many women, I think, are really um, holding themselves back because they're worried about how they look and, um, and that sort of thing. And then the flip side can sometimes be if people aren't satisfied with the way they look, they start to punish themselves by not eating enough or exercising too much which again can influence how energized you feel. And then, you know, you may not be out there doing the things you want to do because of that too. So I just feel like it's time we let go of all that stuff and, you know, start to just focus on what we've got to give to the world instead of the things we may not have, you know? So true. It's, uh, I'm, that's probably one of the biggest things that I came to with Emma as well, that it's such a waste of time. Yes. Of time and energy to spend all this time worried about whether or not my fat hangs over my jeans. When yes. I, when, you know, for me, I could be saving the world. Like, yes. Yeah. You're Wonder Woman and you're worried about, about your hair. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. And I mean, I, I, I've blow dried my hair this morning. I like having nice hair, but it's not going to, you know, there are days where I put myself out in the world and I don't have perfect hair and that's yeah. The things I say should be the more important things than the things, the way I look. And something happened to me really recently. I have um, a casual job as a receptionist in a chiropractic clinic. Yeah. And there's this older guy who's, you know, obviously doesn't really look after his own health very well and comes in to me and he all, I'm all sitting down and he always comes over and he looks up, he looks at the parting of my hair and goes, oh, how much grey hair have you got today, Emma? Oh, wow. And I just got sick of it. And I said to him, look, the, the, the amount of grey in my hair has no impact on how I'm doing my job and I'd really prefer that you stopped um, pointing that out. And he's like, oh. But it just, that was a, such a big insight into how ingrained everybody is to look at women as objects of beauty as opposed to the way that we bring, you know, bring ourselves to the world. So Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, I, it, it's funny, there's, there's very much a movement now. You'll see lots of, plenty of young people actually dyeing their hair grey. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and I've seen some, some phenomenal older women, you know, and not necessarily even older, like, you know, they might be 40, 50 with a full grey or white hair. Yeah. Like, I love the colour of your hair. It's amazing. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, let, let's celebrate all. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing colour. 
and I mean, for me, that's also a little, you know, insight into the fact that I've still, we've all still got ways to go on our journeys. And I think grey hair is the one thing I'm not ready to um, rock yet, but, you know, watch this space maybe one day. <laughs> it's also about comfortability as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily, I, I have naturally brown hair. It's yeah. an odd colour now, but I dye it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean that I don't love my own natural hair. It just means that I want a different colour. And yeah, yeah. You dye yours brown. It's not because necessarily you're hiding anything. No. You just want brown hair. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I hope that's the case anyway. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little about your story. There, you know, there's some, some ill health. There was lots of stressful, relate, um, stressful, stressful jobs that led you to do some mm. lots of great things to your body when you were younger. What's your yeah. story? What's your journey of self Well, to be honest, I think it actually starts when I was about four. I have a very distinct memory of, and my, I'm talking about my dad and my dad's been, has passed away a long time ago and I don't want to speak ill of him because I loved him dearly. Um, again, I think this was an insight into how we've all been sort of brought up. But my dad, when I was quite young, we were having a little play and he um, said, oh, what? And he used to say it a lot. He used to go, what's underneath there? And he'd put his hand on my belly and go, is that a big watermelon under there? And so from a really young age, uh, I'd had it pointed out to me that I had a really round belly sure. and it was something that kind of stuck with me my entire life. And so um, that's just like a little insight to the beginning of, I guess, my love and acceptance of my body because I was kind of aware of that, that belly thing. And, and, and was it at that time, you know, considered, a, like how do, how do you think that you knew that it was a bad thing to have a watermelon under your belly? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I, another thing that's happened since then is like, I remember my niece when she was three um, or f may, maybe five, she was at um, daycare and she said, oh, Annie, Emma, I don't have any friends. And I said, why not? And she goes, oh, because I'm fat. And she wasn't fat at all. And so it's just, I don't know how this gets in, into our brains from such a young age that body especially for girls, that people are actually talking about their bodies and I guess it's what we hear our parents say or things we see on TV. Um, but, yeah, I was not comfortable with that comment right from the beginning um, from my dad. And he meant it, he didn't mean it in a, like he was having a joke in a fun time and it was done in a fun way, but it, there was something about it that stuck with me for my whole life. Um, so if we fast forward to my 20s, I was always a really skinny person, like just, um, you know, no effort to stay skinny and ideal looking, except, you know, I used to have some people say to me, are you anorexic and make comments about being too skinny? Yeah, you can't be right, get, can't get it right. Yeah. And, and if you love your body, you're arrogant or you're cocky. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a, actually wrote a blog post about that this week to my um, email list and said, you know, Oh, you love yourself. That was the email comment, yeah. um, like subject. Because I remember growing up, if you were told, oh, she loves herself, that was the worst thing you could say to somebody. Yeah. Um, whereas now I'm like, I love myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I had this heartbreaking email from a um, person back to me saying, you know, I've, I was told that when I was 10 and I've carried that around for 35 years and even when I win awards at work, I don't take it seriously because I don't believe I'm worthy of them. I'm like, oh, that just breaks my heart. So the things that happen as kids. Um, so after I turned into my 30s, though, the whole, like, effortless skinniness kind of went away. 
and you know um it was also around the time that i chose to give up smoking which is a good thing <laughs> so it probably had something to do with that um but i felt it, i felt like it was important for me to be skinny like uh and again i can't really kind of put words into exactly why i felt that way i guess it's the whole media that we're surrounded by and you know skinny is beautiful and i wanted to feel beautiful and all those kind of things um and then by the mid 30s um i was working in a really stressful kind of corporate environment world and you know sales targets and you know um to be honest women weren't taken as seriously as the men and i felt like we had to work a lot harder than the men but i i've kind of fallen into that career it wasn't something i hadn't grown up going i'm gonna sell shampoo for a living it just you know it wasn't what i thought <laughs> um and so the stress that was involved in it didn't suit me i think we all get under stress but if you're doing what you love to do then that stress is kind of exciting whereas this was a real depleting kind of stress, yeah, stress and it's called passion yes exactly beautifully said um and so my really interestingly my illness that i ended up with was um, endometriosis, which is, uh, for those who don't know, which is where the lining of your uterus grows in other parts of your pelvis. Yep. So when you have like a your monthly bleed, it bleeds in that part, other parts of your pelvis, which causes a lot of pain, um, which also caused a lot of bloating and things like that. So again, my belly area, which I was very sensitive about, was often very bloated, caused me lots of pain, um, you know, and I, I'm sure we could look at the metaphysics of all of that. I've been so shameful of my belly for so long that it decided to say, well, there's something to be really shamed about. So I had a surgery for my endometriosis. Uh, it was good for a couple of years. It came back, ended up having to have one of my ovaries removed. And at that point I was just like, you know what? Why am I living this life of getting up at five o'clock to go to the gym, getting to the work and hating every minute of it, you know, eating lots of crappy food because it was getting me through the day, drinking too much wine at night and then starting the whole process all over again. So I um, luckily around the corner from where I was living was some boxing classes, um, some outdoor boxing classes. And I initially went to that thinking, oh, it's another way I can lose some more weight. Yeah. <laughs> but ended up just loving the feeling of punching things. Woo, yeah. And I just loved it. I just fell in love. And within about three sessions, I thought, you know what, I could become a personal trainer. This could be my way out of my corporate slavery and I could do something that I really loved. Um, and I was living in Sydney at the time, but my family all lived here in Western Australia and in uh, one of the most beautiful places in the world, which is Albany. Yeah. And um, I'd been loving Albany for years, but thinking there's no way I could live there. I, you know, I can't do my job there. But then it sort of dawned on me, I could be a personal trainer in Albany. So I, remember messaging my mom and saying, mom, I think I want to be a personal trainer. Can I come home and live with you for a while? And she's like, yeah, when are you coming? So uh, <laughs> I've been here for almost five years. I've um, been studying for a while. I've started to build my business. Um, and so now I'm a personal trainer. I teach yoga. I'm a health coach. But um, even more recently, um, unfortunately, my endometriosis still came back. I had a very serious, um, you know, case of it, I guess. And in January, I decided to have a hysterectomy um, to completely eradicate it. It's kind of, it is a radical way to deal with it, um, but it's not uncommon. Um, but I felt similarly, we've just discussed, 
I could waste my life kind of managing the symptoms and managing everything that I did to um, yeah, manage the condition or I decided, no, I think I'd prefer to deal with it quickly and just allow myself to use that passion and energy for something else. And at, and at that point, I realised, you know what, Emma, your body has been through enough. Yes. yes. It's time to really and truly love it. Yeah. Um, and sort of, it's really interesting, over the course of this year, I've just become more and more passionate about loving your body as it is, but also creating a body that is worth your love as well. So it doesn't mean that you sit back and go, I don't need to exercise anymore and I can eat chips all day long. It's like, no, let's how do we look after our bodies beautifully um, because that, that's what they deserve. Sometimes, sometimes sitting on the couch and eating chips is a requirement of self-love. Oh, I do it every Saturday. It's my Saturday thing. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, most of the time, nurturing our body means giving it movement, giving it nourishment. Giving yes. It, giving it the, the fuel that it needs to be the best version of its body. And that's not sitting on the couch eating the chips. That's exactly right. Absolutely. And I think as, as long as you're kind of recognising, like... I, 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 my Saturday chip thing is really a massive um, ritual of mine. Like I work six days a week. Saturday is my only day off, completely day off. I you know, don't work nine to five, six days a week, but yeah. Saturday is my only day where I don't see clients. And I choose the Netflix thing of the week that I really want to watch. Then I systematically lie on my couch and my dog and I get through my pack of chips and I love it. I absolutely love it, you know. And without the guilt and without the shame. Yeah, no yourself up without any of that yeah yeah so it, it's, it's it's a huge thing because my i've always loved chips and my chip thing used to be um you know i'm gonna eat them as fast as i can so no one can see me do it um you know and felt so much shame and you know and i'd probably eat 10 times more because it's like i'm never gonna have chips again <laughs> because so i'm just gonna have these ones and then never never again so it's like i want to have them all the time because i'm never having them again so yeah just changing that mindset means i just have them less frequently but i really enjoy them now yeah it's great it, it, yeah. it's when the restriction comes in the restriction often leads us to having obsessive behaviors where we yes we deny ourselves we say no we say no we say no yes we go screw it i'm doing it anyway and then three packets of chips later yeah and now you want Tim Tams. Exactly. And I had a beautiful client who had a massive chocolate problem. Um, she was living here, but um, all of her family was in Perth. She was recently um, divorced and, you know, just and working this hella of a job, you know, when women take on five times as much as they should to prove that how worthy they are. Yeah. Um, and she was just depleted. And she'd, she, every night she would get through a, pretty much a block of chocolate and it wasn't it was a bit about the weight but it was also that it was that sugar high crash thing and she was just yeah. feeling depleted a lot of the time and I said okay why don't we decide that you have to have chocolate every night yeah. instead of you can't have any chocolate so you have to have two squares of really good quality lint dark chocolate every night and I saw her like two weeks and she goes Emma it's changed everything and some nights I don't want to have my chocolate but I, I think Nope, I've said I will. This is, <laughs> do you know what I mean? My chocolate consumption. Yeah, but it's completely changed the way she looked at chocolate and I just think that's amazing. And, yeah. and, and, and completely changed the way that we look about our body. Yeah. You know, when, when you give yourself permission to be 
however that happens to be. You know, and sometimes she might find that she needs to have a whole block of chalkwork. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. We try to restrict any part of ourselves, including our food. We, we restrict things like our emotions as well. We say, well, it's not okay for me to feel sad. It's not okay for me to feel guilt. It's not okay for me to feel anger. And yeah. we deny that part of ourselves. And that then leads us to feeling feelings of, of shame around who we are and, and what we do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And hiding and that sort of thing. And like one of my most important questions that I ask my clients to ask themselves constantly is, will this nourish me? And like a beautiful example for me is like pizza. Okay. So like, I, you know, you can make some pretty healthy pizzas at home, but let's say, you know, a big, huge store-bought pizza, will this nourish me? And on the, on the, the way we're all sort of um, taught to believe it's like pizza's, you know, junk food, no way. There's no way pizza can nourish you. Yeah. But um, I am a massive, massive Italian freak. Like I want to live in Italy. That's one of my big dreams. And I've been there a few times. And, you know, pizza and a glass of red sitting in a piazza in Rome watching everybody walk by, that is a beautiful, nourishing, amazing experience, you know. And it can be the same with, you know, hot chips. If you're out with your family and you're all doing it together and you're having a wonderful time, that's fine. It's when you're sitting at home and shamefully, you know, doing things, um, you know, secretively that that's where that thing that's not nourishing anymore there's so much to be said about the intent isn't there yeah and so the same goes for like the good things we want to build into our lives like meditation and movement and all those kind of things and even the the job we rock up to every day is this nourishing me if if you have to get home every day and slam a bottle of wine to get over your day then you know make another decision yeah and uh, I really love Dr. Libby Weaver's stuff. I don't know if you've come across her, but she's a really great, um, she's a doctor, she's medically trained, but she does a lot of kind of, she's uh, energetic kind of stuff as well. She's really interesting. She writes a lot about stress and um, she has this thing she calls the rushing women's syndrome, which is where we all just rush around and that's why we're all kind of unwell. And um, she says that, you know, People will feel trapped in their jobs because of money, but that's because they've chosen to live in a massive house that they can't afford. And like she said, you know, I've never seen a house that is worth the health issues that people put themselves through because of the trap of the money of the of the house, you know? And I know that's a big decision to make, but if you're unwell and you're unhappy in your life and you're chugging down a bottle of wine and eating a block of chocolate every night, and there are decisions that you can make to change that. Like what, what, what's more important is, is the house, this massive big house that I live in more important or is my health more important? Yeah. Yeah. And how I feel about my body and myself and my self-esteem. What's, what's the most important thing? Because if you got, sorry, if you got self-esteem out of that job, you wouldn't be rushing home to. Correct. You know, so yeah. yeah correct. So tell me, what do you believe about you now through all your journey, through, through, you know, your, your endo and, and everything that you've done, what do you now believe about you? I believe that I've been worthy all along, but it just took me, I've always been a bit of a late bloomer. <laughs> so I'm really smart, but I've, I just, sometimes some things take a while to marinate and uh, actually click. One. You're not the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
It's interesting. Yeah, I've been worthy all along, but I've also been working very hard, I think, to prove myself worth for a long time. So doing things that I think should have been done, like working in a successful corporate career and, you know, different stuff like that. So an amount of money looking a certain kind of way. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, my life now is so different because I, um, I don't earn as much money as I used to. <laughs> Maybe one day I will again, but that doesn't bother me anymore because my life's changed and I don't need that amount of money to make me happy. You know, yeah. I used to get paid monthly and <laughs> used to sync up so badly with my, um, my menstrual cycle that I'd get paid during PMS time. And I'd go out every month and spend a shitload on clothes. <laughs> to fill the gap. And then like a month, a week later, I'd be like, oh, what did I buy that for? Because <laughs> it would just be the wrong time of the month to be spending money. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I've been, I'm worthy. I'm, I've been worthy all along. And um, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Because as we said right at the beginning, now that I've got all this energy freed up from not needing to worry about all that stuff, Yep. What's gonna What's gonna happen? Can't wait to see. You know. Yeah. How How does life How does life now evolve when we When we have all this time and energy to give to our passions and our purpose rather than to our waistlines and our and our looks, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't Absolutely. mean we take pride in, in in how we are or you know wash our hair or whatever it happens to be, but it's yeah. It's not. It's not the be all and end all of our focus. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's days where. Yeah, there's days where I wake up with a lot less energy than I would like to have, and that's the day where my hair gets scraped back in a ponytail, and I <laughs> might wear the same stuff I wore yesterday. <laughs> Those days, that's that's just standard, isn't it? Yeah, but we don't talk about it, do we? Like Facebook and Instagram, and even before that, like letters to people, you don't talk about all the bad stuff. We just talk about all the good stuff, yep. and. Um, and I think that's kind of sad because I think if we all knew, not that we should all focus on our struggles, I don't think that's very healthy either, but I think if we all knew a little bit more about how we all really feel a lot of the time, yeah. um, we'd feel less that way because we'd feel less isolated with it. We'd feel, you know, oh, well, I'm just having one of those bad days because everyone does and I'll bounce back tomorrow. And that's okay. I think that that's probably one of the biggest myths around loving yourself and loving your body. A lot of people that I speak to, it's like think that that because I've learned to love myself, that every day is amazing. Yeah. Moment that I've never had a time where I'm like, oh, thighs or whatever it happens to be. That that we don't ever have those moments where where shit feels like it's crap or that yeah, the, the doubt creeps in. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, I find it because I teach yoga and you know, in the exercise gear all the time and some I still get a bloated belly and sometimes yeah. I still feel like you know I'm standing at the front of the room and everyone's just staring at my tummy but they're not <laughs> funny thing is they're not about their own tummy let's exactly it. that's right yeah and whether or not yeah so how do you how do how do you maintain that in those moments when there is that doubt when you feel like everyone's staring at your bloated tummy or if you're feeling self-conscious or whatever it happens to be when when the when the old thinking creeps back in how do you stay on track I've got lots of um, tools available to me now, I guess, that I didn't used to use. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a meditator now. Like I meditate pretty much every day. And my um, default is to say every day, and that's not true because <laughs> I'm not perfect. Um, 
But a regular meditation practice for me has taught me a lot about self-compassion because I think, you know, I often use like a, the breathing technique. So you focus on your breath and then your mind wander off. And then as soon as you realize that you bring yourself back to your breath. And to me, that's just the most beautiful metaphor for life. So, you know, we try to live healthy, purposeful lives as much as we can. But at some point, you'll wander off because you will. And all, all your job is to do is to gently bring yourself back every time, back to where you want to be. No, exactly. Just bring it back. Yeah. And so I think my meditation practice started probably with a vengeance for about four years ago now. And I think that was that was the first step towards complete self-acceptance. I wasn't there four years ago, but that was the first step because that whole learning to come back to your breath every time without judgment, and that doesn't happen straight away. You, The first little while of meditation, you're like, oh, I can't get my mind. You know. I can't meditate. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, I tried meditation. I can't. I'm exactly. I'm like, you're doing it already. That's meditation. Yeah, that's right bringing yourself back every time you wander. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely my first tool and I'm so blessed to have it and I wish everyone in the world would meditate. It'd be a different world if we did. Everyone did. Uh-huh. Um, pardon? Imagine if instead of detention in schools... You yeah. It'd be amazing. Um, but then the flip side of that, another tool that I didn't would never have occurred to me a few years ago is um, journaling because sometimes I think it's better out than in. Sometimes in meditation, if you've got stuff happening in your brain, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, it can just become that repetition in your head where it's like writing stuff out. And journaling about the real reason behind it um, can be so, so amazing, so, so incredible. So I love that. And I came across uh, a woman online, her name's Kerry Rowett, and she's a kinesiologist. Mm. And she has this beautiful alignment process that includes meditation, oh, not meditation, but um, like feeling into your body, noticing the emotions in your body, um, journaling about them, and then also tapping. So EFT, which is another one of the techniques that I love to use as well when I'm feeling a bit um, fearful or doubtful or... Yeah, falling into old mindset practices. So I think they're my big tools now that I've got. And also, oh, I can't forget, of course, I'm a personal trainer and yoga teacher. <laughs> um, so exercise and um, yoga and just going for a walk and getting outside rather than um, doing nothing can make a really big difference as well. Huge for mental health. It's one of the reasons why I exercise so regularly. Yeah. 100% for my mental health. It's the physical. Yeah. They get a great, um, but it's it's up here and down here that 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 gets the biggest benefit out of exercise for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think because exercise has become so like I don't even think about it. It's such a normal part of my life. I forget to mention it, even though it's my job, because it's just like I don't have to think about it. It has to happen, otherwise I go a bit nutty. So yeah, yeah we, we we don't talk about the fact that we shower every day or brush our teeth twice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and normal it is. Yeah. So what do you what do you think self-love is? In your words, what is self-love? Oh golly, I should have a, an answer for that straight away, shouldn't I? Um no, I don't know. I, I don't really think that we, we ask ourselves that very often. No. I um being a yoga teacher, I love the idea of metta or loving kindness. 
So I think it's that it's, I recently asked in my Facebook group what people thought the word kindness meant. And everyone mentioned it about it's being nice to other people, it's doing things to other people, blah, blah, blah. And not one person said it was about being kind to yourself. Wow. And so um, I love that concept of loving kindness because I think um, it's sort of treating yourself like your own best friend, you know, because, you know, all the things that you say to yourself or have used to say to yourself or say it to yourself less often now yes. <laughs> um, are the things that you would never say to your best friend or if your best friend rocked up and said, you know, how huge does my ass look today? You, even if her ass looked huge, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say that. You'd go, oh, you know, it looks... Certainly, if your friend walks in and you go, wow, that's a hideous zit on your face. Your ass looks huge and you've got a big belly. Why the fuck are you eating that cheeseburger? Exactly. I can't remember the last time I said that to a friend. Not only would we not say it, we wouldn't think it. No, no. If you do think it, well, you know, maybe you're a bit of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> So I think the three things are like that nourishment question is very important for being, you know, nourishing myself is important if I love myself, yep. that's self-love. That loving kindness to myself is really important. Yep. And, and to other people though, I think you have to be, I think that's where loving yourself comes in is like you love yourself as much as you love other people. You don't love yourself more. Yeah in an arrogant sort of way, you know, you're just showing yourself the same compassion that you would show the people you love. I'm no better. I'm no worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's beautifully said. And that, yeah, that best friend test is really important. Yeah. You know, would I say that to my best mate? You're getting a round of, of a pair of best friends reading out, reading out to their friend, the words that they said to themselves. Oh God. Yeah. And, and they're crying because here's a best friend saying to the best friend, um, I hate you. I, 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 <sighs> I would be, that, that if you were only thinner, you'd be so much happier. You'd be so much better if you were skinnier. And, and they're both crying. It's, a, it's such a moving video I've yeah. on, my, on my Facebook page too. It's just incredible the things that, I think the best friend test is a really, a really great, a really great tip there. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I, yeah, definitely. So, Emma, if you could, if you could rewind, go back in time, whatever it happens to be, and give advice to a younger version of yourself, what would that advice be, and at what age might you give it? Hmm. I think I'd have to say something to that four-year-old about the watermelon belly. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what I would say. I think I would say, look. Um, your dad has said that because there is this weird thing about society thinking that skinny women, women should be skinny. And he doesn't know any better. He's not saying that to be nasty and he sh it's something that shouldn't have been said. So if you can just let that thought, that thing go, that will change your life. If you can accept that you are amazing, not because of how you look, but because of who you are, then your whole life will be amazing. So just something like that. I don't know if my four-year-old self would have understood, but I think if I'd heard that sort of stuff more often, um, things might have been different. But then again, you know, I'm absolutely the strongest believer of I'm here where I am right now because of everything that happened to me. So it's, it's not necessarily about regrets at all. Like yeah. if someone says, would, would you live your life again as you've lived it? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. 
because I, you're right, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't have the strength. I wouldn't have the resilience. And in fact, I was if I was raised with self-love, perhaps maybe sharing my story of self-love to other people wouldn't be as relevant. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> How can people relate to somebody who's had self-love their whole life when they've been suffering? Yeah. So eternally grateful, but certainly to tell that four-year-old that, that doesn't matter. Like, even if they have a watermelon belly, it makes no difference to how good they are as a person. That, yeah. That you are worthy or relevant of a watermelon belly. Yeah. If you have it or if you don't, zero difference. Yeah. Still amazing, still capable, still incredible, still worthy. Yeah. And in some countries, a big belly means that you're prosperous and healthy and, yeah. you know, as well. So, like, there's that whole element to it as well. And, and so how, you've mentioned meditation, you've mentioned your exercise, you've met, mentioned nourishment and, and all sorts of stuff. Do you have, you know, how do you reinforce your beliefs? So you've now come to the, come to the realization that you are worthy and we're always worthy. How, mm -hmm. how do you show yourself that? How do you reinforce it for yourself? Um, I think the best way I reinforce it for myself is actually teaching other people about it. Because um, the more I talk about it to other people, the more it yeah, it just reinforces it to me. And when I see people's lives change and being able to let, I had a client recently say, oh, because when I've lost a few kilos, like everything will be different. I'll be able to do all these other things. Yeah. And I said, well, why wouldn't you start doing them now? And her face just changed. She went, I hadn't thought of that. Yes. You know, so like just little tiny things like that makes such a big difference. And I think every time I see that happen with a client or comments on Facebook or whatever, it helps me go, ah, yeah, I'm right. And it feels good. And, you know, yeah. I remember for years, Emma, I, you know, in my early 20s, I wanted to go overseas. I wanted to travel and I, I would look through all the brochures, like the travel brochures of Europe. But every picture had, had an image of the, the girl with the backpack on. Yeah, back on, but she was wearing a tight singlet and a pair of shorts, uh, denim mm -hmm. shorts, um, and looked fit and brown and 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 amazing. All they were jumping on the boat in bikinis and looked amazing. And I literally stopped myself from going overseas because I thought I was too fat to try. Uh, yeah, you know, I I ended up doing it. Um, you know, that was Yay. my self-love journey as well. But going, oh my god, how absurd! I I can fit on a plane. Like, yeah. there's, like there's literally nothing that stops me from going. I can wear denim shorts if I want to and a singlet if I want to. And I can wear the bikini if I want to. Yeah. It's like that doesn't mean that I can't have my dreams. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So important. You mentioned um, the doctor that you follow before. Is there mm -hmm. anybody that you, that you love, that you follow, books that you've read, that you absolutely adore, that you recommend to your clients? Who do you, who inspires you? Um, so Dr. Libby Weaver. And then um, Kerry Rao, the kinesiologist I mentioned, is amazing. Um, I also, I'm, I'm finally, this is another terrible story, <laughs> in that, like, when I was in my 20s, I'd moved from Canberra to Sydney with not a lot of money. You grew up in Canberra. Pardon? You grew up in Canberra? Yeah. I like Canberra. My brother still lives there, so I visit a bit. Oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah. And um, I... Oh, so I'd moved to Sydney. I didn't have a lot of money and I was trying to budget. So I bought my train ticket, like I got paid fortnightly and I bought the following week's train ticket 
when I got paid just to make sure so I could spend all my other money. But what I didn't know was I bought it from the train station, which meant it was validated immediately as opposed to buying it from the news station. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was screwed. Like I got to, I used it for one day of that week and then it it's wasn't. Fine. Yeah. And I had no money. And I had to admit this to my work. I was working at a big department store and I had to admit it to the manager because I was like, I can't get to work. Like I'm in trouble. And it was really embarrassing and really humiliating. And then I also, I was working for one of the big cosmetic companies as well. And so my manager from the cosmetic company, she gave, presented me with um, Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. Nice. Okay, cool. And I just looked at it and thought, what a load of bullshit. <laughs> um, really really and truly and I'm, I'm reading it right now and I was like one of those questions what would have my life been like if I'd actually read this 20 years ago <laughs> yeah. yeah but I am just loving it I love it love it um because um just before this book I had read um Joe Dr. Joe Dispenza's um Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and it's about how our emotion, our emotions are stored as feelings in our body and wow. until we release them. Yeah. That's why we have the same thoughts all the time because it's actually stuck in our body. Okay. And, um, and so then to couple that with Louise Hay and how our thoughts, you know, manifest. helped manifest what our reality yeah. um, has just been those two books together again like everything this year seems to be just like aha oh wow oh my god and like it's just all just flowing beautifully this year i'm just learning so much so that's what i can think of right top of my head. that's so gorgeous thank you mm -hmm. and, and you know thank you for, for being on here you've provided so much valuable insight that i know that the listeners are just going to be thrilled to be able to hear from you if, if you have any any you know one top tip that you give to somebody who needs more confidence what would it be um, I do think to start with is it's that nourishment question, like to start asking yourself that over and over again, because if you can add into your life as much nourishment as you can, then it just fuels you to live the life that you're supposed to live. And so it could mean big things like leaving your job in Sydney and moving to a country town and you know, starting your own business. It could lead to anything. And, and, it, you know, for me, it led to, um, you know, radical surgery, but also changing my life into one of full of self-esteem instead of self-doubt. So, you know, um, I think that's the biggest one to start asking yourself that question every time in every circumstance, in every circumstance, always in, in any moment. Yeah. It does this nourish me. Will, will this nourish me? What do I need to do to nourish myself? Yeah. 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 Before we shoot off, I want I want you to just share, share us a little bit about your your business. I want to know about Betty Love and 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 tell tell me about your business and where people can find you. Sure. So my business is called Blue Sky Vitality, and my webpage is blueskyvitality.net. And I think if you search that on Facebook, you can find my Facebook page as well. Um, I have just launched a new program which is called the Body Love Club. So it's um, basically an online health club for people. And I guess I have to thank Michelle Bridges because six years ago I did her 12-week body challenge, which is, you know, 1,200 calories and so many exercises a day. and Deplete, deplete, deplete. And um, what I came from that was I love the idea, just don't like the um, the 
execution of it, like how it's done. And so, because I love the idea because it's great to be um, flexible. It's good to be able to exercise when you want to exercise and to have things to do at home that you want to do, um, all those kind of things. So I've just launched the Body Love Club, which is kind of a positive version of that where we're not, it's not about judging you. There's no weigh-ins. We're not counting calories. But it, it gives you, um, you know, three exercise um workouts that you can do a week it gives you just a recipe of the week because you know like just add one new um, healthy recipe in every week that's going to change your life as well and it also has a um a body love meditation every week so just to help you really start to internalize that feeling of loving and appreciating your body the way it is because as i said before i think meditation's been just as important for me to live a healthy life as exercise or diet yeah so it's basically a subscription. You, um, you know, you just sign up and every week you'll get sent out an email with, with links to all of that information. So every week's different. And there's a Facebook group, of course, to have a little bit of um, interaction and support from me. And, and then you can also um, you can upgrade to a premium access where you get also a half an hour session with me faced you know, one-on-one every week. So it could be a personal training session. One of the ladies next week, she's going to do a yoga class with me online so she can just do it at home rather than having to you know, fight and get a car park and get a spot and all that stuff. She can do it in the privacy of her own home. Yep. Um, or a coaching session. So if you know if you just hit a wall and you need someone to talk to a you know cheerleader to tell you how awesome you are, I can do that for half an hour. I'll just tell you over and over again, you're awesome. You're awesome. Just do it. You're awesome. <laughs> so that's cool. Everyone watching at home, you are. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. You are. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't even need to know you to know that you're awesome. If yeah. You're you were you were you were born that way. Exactly. You might tell yourself otherwise. It's crap. But yeah. I will absolutely vouch that you are already worthy. You do not need to change yourself in order to be any more worthy. You just need to realize it. Absolutely. Yep. So where can we find you, Emma? So um, is that the best place to grab you? Yeah, blueskyvitality.net. So, and um, yeah, you can find, if you go blueskyvitality.net slash body dash love dash club, yep. that will take you to that particular um, program. But all the information there, lots of blogs, lots of, lots of free information and stuff there as well. I will do our best to get it into the into the show notes. So awesome. live, we can there'll be links to be able to go to go to Emma's body body club love body love club thank body you. love club. Yep. <laughs> thank you, Emma. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on on our podcast and, and YouTube show today. I, you know, you're you're doing absolutely wonderful work. Please continue to to spread the love. I love that you've loved yourself and uh, and and are willing to to share that with other people. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, and I've had so much fun. So thanks for having me. Katie, Katie on the couch.